Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Yeah, church, I want to let you know that life groups are coming. Signups will be live this week. And church, you got to know, a year and a half ago, we had some relational gas in the tank, right? We don't have it anymore. We have got to get connected in community and discipleship. And so be looking online. It'll be today or the next day that we have live life group signups. You will get to sign up from your phone. You will get to choose a a night that works for you, a location that works for you. So be looking on social media. Be looking in your email box if you are on our newsletter and get on those life group signups. Amen. All right, guys, my name is Kari. I am one of the pastors here, and I get to bring the word today. We are in our third week of the Kingdom Come series. How many of you guys have been really enjoying getting into Kingdom Come, right? I have. Because the thing is, it's one of those things that I am discovering more and more of. You know, when you're a kid, you know, do you remember when you were a kid having one of those moments where you are with adults and they seem to know something that you're looking at and you just cannot understand? I remember going with my father, who actually was the one that was just praying. You would think that my parents were here to see me preach. They are not. They were here for Nate and Corey, so joke's on you guys. You got me anyway. But I remember going with my dad to the chiropractor. And, uh, and I did not understand chiropractic when I was a kid. You know, it's like somebody would be like, my back's in pain. And you look perfectly normal, right? You look perfectly normal. And on the drive there, his anticipation would grow. And he would be like, Kari, this is going to be awesome. I'm like, I don't, why, why is chiropractic awesome? And we go into this little room and he'd get squeezed and they hear a couple of cracks. And all of a sudden he was a new man. And I'd be like, what? I, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're limber, you have no idea what back pain can feel like. I am now a grown person with a different body, and I know what it feels like now. I get how somehow, even though it's little in your back, right, just those little shifts of vertebrae can affect your whole body, right? It can, just those little tiny things slightly out of line can make a world of difference when they come into alignment. And I've just been sensing as we've been in this Kingdom Come series In my spirit, you know, I'm a Jesus person. I've been following Jesus for most of my life. I read my Bible. I certainly know the word kingdom. It's all over the New Testament. But it wasn't until I really started studying this last month that the Lord had started to crack some things into place. And as those things came into place, I started to feel just a renewed life, a renewed understanding of what it is to be a Jesus follower. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when those things happen? And I loved how Pastor Omar defined the kingdom of God a couple of weeks ago. He said the kingdom of God is God's people under God's power, living God's purpose. Isn't that good? God's people under God's power, living God's purpose. And so today I want to take a moment to let's just kind of like get like three vertebrae back in line. Because as I've been studying the concept and the theology of the kingdom of God, I've noticed some things that, at least in my heart, but I suspect, because I'm in the church and I talk to people, have been a little bit out of line. We're going to go through three points, 
and bring just some slight correction and revisiting so that we can live in the fullness of what God has called us to. Can we do that today, church? Let's pray. Lord God, we love you so much. God, I thank you that it is all about you, Lord God. That no matter where we are, Lord God, it is your kingdom come, your will be done. God, we want that. Lord, I pray today for an aligning of my heart with your spirit, Lord God, and just for your spirit to be manifest presence here today. Lord God, we love you and we lift up your name, the name above every other name, Jesus. Amen. So the first area that I feel like I have gotten some life and some, some it was the first thing that helped me to start understanding the kingdom of God better was I was in a class with uh, Pastor Steve Shell, and he dropped just a couple of lines of knowledge that was like, nobody in this room has experienced that with Steve Shell, right? Just a little bit of theology, because here's the thing. I have understood the kingdom of God to be like almost an extended like illustration that Jesus used, right? We see a, a number of illustrations used over and over in the Bible. We see, right, Jesus talked a lot about planting seeds and what that looks like. Pastor Omar talked about that last week. We, we hear, especially in the New Testament letters, the picture of God's family working together or we are a body. And I thought of the kingdom kind of like that, like an extended illustration for how God works here on the earth. What I learned when I was in this class was that there's a true timeline of the way that the kingdom of God interacts with humanity. It starts out, of course, in the Old Testament. The kingdom, the word kingdom, we associate with nation or country, right? It's it's the kingship, the ruling of a group of people. Now, in the Old Testament, the kingdom of God was essentially the nation of Israel. That word kingdom was associated directly with with a nation, which makes sense. But in that structure, because there was not what we experience now in the fullness of the forgiveness of our sins, God's presence and his spirit and relationship with God were only accessible by a closed ethnic group with a hierarchical system where everybody was locked into their social and gender and ethnic roles. There was a way to get to God. And when God would come onto the earth and speak to people, he would speak through specific people, through prophets, through kings, through judges. And we see in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit would not fill people up like he does today. He would come and rest on a person. That person would speak God's words, and then the Holy Spirit would go. And if that sounds, if you are a a follower of Jesus now and you feel like that sounds a little bit oppressive or difficult, it was. The Old Testament lets us know that. And so all throughout the Old Testament, when God's Spirit would come and prophesy through people, just peppered in there was, by the way, this is going to change. It's going to get better. I'm going to send someone to change things up. I'm going to send someone. There's going to be a point at which everybody has access to God. One of these powerful scriptures is in the book of Joel, chapter 2, 28 through 32. And it says, in the last days... I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. There's this promise. Now, of course, 
nobody really knew what it was going to look like. There's a lot of speculation about it would be a military leader or it would be a king who would overthrow the people oppressing the nation. But we know that that person was Jesus, who is God himself. Now, when Jesus came, he immediately started, when he was preaching, he immediately said, hey, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Jesus' presence brought in that new kingdom order. No longer, right, Jesus, who first revealed himself as the Messiah to a Samaritan, it was no longer just for the Israelites. It was no longer just for the Jews. God's power was spreading amongst the nations. And so after Jesus died on the cross, rose again, went back to heaven, he said the Holy Spirit, who again is God himself, is going to come down. So the, the uh, disciples are waiting with groups of believers, and they're saying, God, would you come in your spirit? And in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes down, we now see that the Spirit is indwelling inside of many people not just on a couple of people. In fact, they start speaking in other languages and crazy stuff is happening. And in a, in a callback, I know that I'm getting through some theology here, so follow me. In a callback to the Old Testament, there's, in the Old Testament, the, the, the presence of God lived inside the tabernacle, which had a flame of fire above it. Now in the New Testament, there's little flames of fire over all of their heads in this moment, saying that I live inside of you. And so in the second chapter of Acts, Peter quotes Joel, saying, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. When Peter said this, when we saw this happen, do you realize it initiated that next stage of the kingdom that we live in now? This next stage of the kingdom is... There is no hierarchy in access to God. The Spirit of God pours out on all people, no matter what your background, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're young or old. This is an intergenerational, multi-ethnic church led by men and women. So here in, in our church, you may wonder why I'm a lady and I'm preaching, right? This is part of why we believe what we believe. Do you realize that I may be preaching, but we have a church co-led by Omar and Misty. And if you think that Misty is just like arm candy, she's beautiful. But the lady is a powerful leader. She is a pastor alongside of Omar. We are a church that is led by men and women because we believe and we see in Scripture that the Spirit of God is poured out on all people. And we all have access to God. And sometimes we wonder why the church isn't powerful. Sometimes I think it's because we're operating that old system of the prophetic from the front and the people just listening and not receiving from God themselves. That's not what I want this church to be. That's not who this church is. Grace Church, you are full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You are full of the Holy Spirit. And though we do have leadership and we believe in that, uh, in accountability and submission and authority, we understand that we are all accountable to God. And no one is above correction in this place. And why is that? Because God is the leader. Jesus is the leader of this kingdom here and now. Now, in this kingdom that we currently have, there is the kingdom of God in our world, and then there also still exists the kingdom of darkness. There is still an enemy. But when Jesus returns, do you realize that the kingdom then will expand even further? 
And those who follow Jesus and who don't follow Jesus will have the manifest kingdom all around them. So we go from a small group of people to anyone who wants to know Christ, to all people, whether or not they are following Jesus and under the kingship and the power of God. Isn't that interesting? I think for me, when I was really understanding that, it shifted the idea of the kingdom of God from an illustration to a reality, to the reality of, because I had thought of the kingdom as maybe even the word that Jesus used for church before there was a church, but that's not it. The church exists within the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is so much more than just this. That's why as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, church attendance is not enough. We can't just show up. We also can't just isolate because this is an interconnected spiritual kingdom and that when we sow seeds of service, when we build relationships, we are growing the kingdom of God so that others may see who Christ is. Isn't that good? I've, I don't know. I'm preaching to myself. This is good. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It is his kingdom here on the earth. Remember, in, when Jesus returns, we will see this manifest. In Revelation 11.15, it speaks of that. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So the second concept that I spent a lot of time in this week is the idea of the kingdom door. If it really isn't about church, but it's really about God's kingdom, how do we enter the kingdom of God? If you're a follower of Jesus, if you are living your life for Jesus, I believe you are, you are inside the kingdom door. You've made it through. But you know, amen. But you know, even our Grace Church logo, one of the things that we revisited this year and really prayed through, why do we want, what kind of, Lord, what do you want to represent our church? One of the key things that we kept talking about was the idea of a door. And now here at Grace Church, we want our doors to be open as wide as possible so as many people can come in so that they can find the narrow door, which is Jesus. There is no access to the Father except through Jesus. We believe that we know that's offensive because it's exclusive, but it's the kind of exclusive that every person is invited into. Amen? So how do you enter the kingdom of God? We see it directly in John 3, 3 through 5, it's, Jesus is speaking to a man named Nicodemus, and he is a Pharisee, right? He's part of that old kingdom hierarchy of how you get to God. And he's speaking, uh, they're talking back and forth, and Nicodemus is basically like, okay, Jesus, like, there's something going on. You're doing stuff. You're doing miracles. You are somebody. You must be something important. And he says, Jesus responded to him and said, truly, truly, I say to you, Unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a true person be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter 
the kingdom of God. So let's, let's do another layer of that Christian language, right? He does not say you need to be saved. He does not say follow the sinner's prayer. He says, he does not say show up to church. Nicodemus has been doing that, so he's fine in that regard. He says you need to be born again. In fact, he says you need to be born again, and if you're not, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What an interesting idea that without being born again, you can't see this kingdom of God that is here on the earth. You can see people, but maybe you can't see what God is doing. Because the kingdom of God in the future will be physical, but right now it's invisible, it's spiritual. And I think that one of the reasons why this, maybe it feels mysterious to you because it has felt mysterious to me, the idea of being born again into the kingdom, is because we don't usually bring people to Jesus' feet through the idea of being born again. Sometimes we do, but usually it is within something like a sinner's prayer. Believe in Jesus, ask him to forgive your sins, and he's going to come into your heart. And then when we go, we then take Jesus with us wherever we go. Now, that has some parallels to some things that are true. When you give your life to Jesus and you are born again, the Holy Spirit does indwell inside of you. You do have the Holy Spirit with you, just like we talked about with those flames of fire. But but following Jesus requires a death of your old self. And why does this matter, right? Because being born again requires the regeneration of a new self with new desires, with new, you may look the same, you may talk the same, but you are not the same. If you've been born again, you know what I'm talking about. You may look like the same person, but there is something else going on underneath the surface that never existed before. Why does that matter, church? Well, it matters because I think as, as incredible as the sinner's prayer is, as incredible as much as it's brought people to Jesus. And when I've led people to Jesus, I've almost always always followed it exactly. The problem with it, though, is that it fits really comfortably inside of our counterfeit gods in America, our idols, which is the idea of individuality and freedom, autonomy. We worship at the feet of those things, don't we? Don't you dare take away my freedom. But the thing is, is that coming into the kingdom of God actually requires a surrender greater than ourselves. And so we have to be careful about a simplified gospel that fits inside our cultural idols. We got to be, we got to look out for it. And so if I would just adjust, right, if we're just going to like chiropractic adjust us, let's say yes to asking for forgiveness, yes for repentance, yes for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but no to the idea that I can join and unjoin at will. We see, right? We see in like Harry and Meghan, it's real hard to leave the royal family. Did I take a minute? It's hard. Because when you have been born again into this new kingdom, you've become a daughter and son of God. That's blood. And your life is his now. And it may go against the way that we think about our world, but it is the kingdom that is going to give us life eternal. Amen? In John 1, 12 through 13, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, 
who were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I am not somebody that says that we need to be born again to become weird Christians. I think we need to be born again so we can become who God actually made us to be in the first place. And when you're around somebody who has given their lives to Jesus, who has left their old self behind and taken on their new self in Christ, you know those are the most natural, normal people on the planet. They can sit with you in your pain. They can laugh with you in your joy. They walk in integrity and dignity because they are like Christ. I want to be a church full of people like that. Amen. Now, the third click, 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 that I want to talk about today is less, of a, is less of a let's get going, church, and more of a can we just sit back a little bit and think about this? Because the third thing is the issue of kingdom duality. Do you realize that in our present age, we live with two kingdoms at work? There is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that we as Grace Church, especially this year, we want to see the kingdom of God manifest on the earth more and more. We want it to grow. We want to become kingdom people. We want to leave ourselves behind so that we can sow into the work of God here on the earth. But there is also the kingdom of darkness. And I don't want to give a lot of time to that. It's not really worth our time. But the people that exist within it are worth our lives. And so to understand what God has called us to and to understand our days, can we just ask this question? Is the world getting better or worse? I know that if I turn on the news or if I open up my Twitter feed, right, it's getting a lot worse. We are in a season of pain and mourning as a world, not just as a nation, but just all over the world. This is a hard season. And we knew if you're a Christian and you've been following Jesus, you kind of knew it's all coming, didn't you? We knew it would get worse. But at the same time, like, there's also some good stuff happening too, isn't there? Am I the only person that has felt guilty in the last year and a half for being like, man, this rest has been nice. Our family has rediscovered Sabbath. Man, there is nothing that has been more transformational for my marriage and our parenting than, the, than Sabbath, than true rest. I don't know that we, we tried to do Sabbath before, but there's nothing like lockdowns in the pandemic to teach us really how to shut it down. And I think we're discovering a bit about that in the church. That more, 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 and more is not necessarily always better. There is good happening on the earth. You may be seeing healings. You may be seeing relationships restored in the last year and a half, talking to people that you never would have talked to before. We see in the kingdom of God this thing that happens, which is that the kingdom of God is always going to increase. We may go through difficulties, but it will always continue to increase and get better and bigger, right? But what is it back in Isaiah? It talks about Jesus, and it says, Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his kingdom will have no end. The increase of his kingdom. We see it from the Jews. We see it today, right, that it has expanded, and we're going to see it in the new heaven and the new earth, that God's kingdom is expanding, 
But we also know that the kingdom of this world will continue to decline. And there will continue to be, there should be, more and more distance in the health of those two things. Now, we are humans that live in the world. The Bible says to be in the world, but not of the world. So there is no shame for us to go through, us going through mourning and difficulty. That does exist. But how is it that we can have hope here inside the church when there is no hope anywhere else? How is it we can sing a song like, it is well with my soul, when we are seeing horrific images? When we are, are crying over those in crisis, while many families around us, are, we are in crisis. How can we do that? You know, in um, Romans 13, 12, it says, The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. You know, when, when the day is almost here and the night is almost gone, we call that dawn. At dawn, this morning it was about 4.45, and I was studying, and my three-year-old comes down the stairs. And I know, right, it's 4.45, I'm drinking coffee, it's the morning, and as he comes down the stairs, I said, buddy, it is the night. <laughs> and I wasn't lying, was I? It is both the night and the day. At the same time, we are in a moment of dawn. These last days that are lasting thousands of years, it's both night and day. And we can access that kingdom of God here in this place. We can access the power and the authority of God now. Because the power of God lives inside of us. When we are born again and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, wherever we go, his kingship goes. And so when we are facing obstacles, when we're looking at mountains that are bigger than anyone could ever move, and we are able to say, it is well with my soul. My soul is led by the Prince of Peace. I know who my God is. I don't have to be afraid. That when we can sit down with people or DoorDash people and have a word of knowledge about their situation, that's a power that nobody else knows but the children of God. And I just challenge us, Grace Church, are we going to push into this season? As I was praying this week, the Lord just kept giving me a picture, and I think it was the Lord. It just kept coming back to my mind, and it was of my mom, who uh, when, we, when I was a kid, and she, it was the middle of the night or early in the morning, and she was sleeping, I was terrified to wake her up. <laughs> have you ever, do you ever, anybody have a mom like this? My sweet, beautiful mother would, no matter what the situation, wake up like this. 100% of the time. Did not matter where we were or what, like, it could be at 2 a.m., it could be at 8 a.m. If she was sleeping and you woke her up, it was a crisis. And she had to get her bearings around her to find out what was going on, because before she woke up disoriented, scared something bad was going to happen. And once she got the details, she turned back into herself and could address the situation. Church, I just really sense that the Lord is saying that many of us are in that moment. 
it's like we woke up from a dream and we're going, what is happening? Our hearts are pounding. We're looking around. What is going on? And I just sense the Lord saying, can we just look around and see where we are? Because we live as citizens of the kingdom of God. And we can be grieved and we should be grieved and we should fight for justice. We should, we should take care of those in need. We need, this is a real moment, but we need to look around and recognize that we are in the house of God. We are children of God and we have the power by the grace of the Holy Spirit to deal with whatever situation is in front of us. Church, I want us to get into a moment of prayer. Because I know that what I just shot at you was a lot of theology. But what I believe is that we have spirits that recognize the presence of God. And that the Lord wants to highlight in us where we stand in this kingdom. And what our next steps are. Lord God, we love you. Father, I pray in this moment as we are in this room. Lord God, I pray for those that feel like they are not a part of this kingdom we're talking about. God, I pray that, that if we are confused, Lord God, that this would be a moment that we can say, Lord, I want to die to myself and I want to be born again. I don't want to compromise of a little Jesus, a junior Jesus that I can put in my back pocket. I want the kingdom of God. If that is you right now, just in your heart between the Lord, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be big, but just say, God, would you forgive me of my sins? I want to be born again. You are the son of God, Jesus. Father, I just pray for on those people that are saying this, either online or in person right now, Lord God, and those of us that want a new shot of that regeneration, Lord God, would you bring your spirit of renewal on this place? In Jesus' name. Jesus, you are the name above all other name. We want to surrender to your kingdom. Lord God, I pray for those of us that are ready to step further. Lord God, would you renew us once again? Lord God, I pray for clarity of vision in this place. Lord God, I pray for words of prophecy and discernment, words of knowledge. Lord God, I pray for miracles to break out in our midst because we are walking around with the jurisdiction of the king no matter where we are. And Lord, I pray finally for those of us that are in anguish. Lord, I pray for that prophetic working of it as well. Lord, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that you are the one that we follow. And if we're following you, then it is well. Father, we love you so much. I pray for your spirit to continue to go with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, church. Well, I love you. Go ahead and stand up. Give someone an elbow bump. Be blessed today.